God never ends on a negative. And so if your life is on a negative, God is not done. Seven seven six three trouble with a purpose part one. Thank you for joining Brothers of the Word because brother, you need the word. We welcome all of you joining us on television and those of you joining us online at brothersoftheword.com and Facebook Live. Thank you for tuning in to today's service. We'd like to share just a little humor. A teacher was speaking with one of her students, little Johnny, and she said, Johnny, you can't sleep in class. And little Johnny kind of woke himself up. He said, I know, but he said, maybe if you were just a little quieter, I could. (laughs) 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 Well, we'd like to share a passage of scripture over in the book of 2 Corinthians, the book of 2 Corinthians. Nobody thought that was funny. I thought it was funny. Yeah, no. <laughs> Second Corinthians chapter 1. That's why you have to learn to laugh at your own jokes. You have to learn to laugh at your own jokes. You can't depend on people to laugh at your jokes. <laughs> Second Corinthians chapter 1. We'll read verses 3 through 10. Second Corinthians chapter 1 verses 3 through 10. When you get there, say amen. Beginning with verse 3, it says, Blessed be God, even the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies, and the God of all comfort, who comforteth us in all our tribulation, that we may be able to comfort them which are in any trouble by the comfort wherewith we ourselves are comforted of God. For as the sufferings of Christ abound in us, so our consolation also aboundeth by Christ. And whether we be afflicted, it is for your consolation and salvation, which is effectual in the enduring of the same sufferings which we also suffer, Or whether we be comforted, it is for your consolation and salvation. And our hope of you is steadfast, knowing that as ye are partakers of the suffering, so shall ye be also of the consolation. For we would not, brethren, have you ignorant of our trouble, which came to us in Asia that we were pressed out of measure above strength, insomuch that we despaired even of life. But we had the sentence of death in ourselves, that we should not trust in ourselves, but in God which raiseth the dead, who delivered us from so great a death, and doth deliver, in whom we trust that he will yet deliver us. And in this passage of scripture, the Apostle Paul, he talks quite a bit about the trouble, quite a bit about the trouble that they were 
facing the trouble they were going through. And so I just want to use as a subject trouble with a purpose. Trouble with a purpose. Trouble with a purpose. Trouble with a purpose. And, you know, he's letting us know that, you know, we all go through things in life. Life has challenges. How many of you have discovered that? Life itself, it just has challenges. And nobody's immune to the challenges of life. I don't care how good you are, how holy you are. We all face the storms of life, the challenges of life, the ups and downs of life. And we all face the travails of life, the trials of life. And so we all have trying times. We all have unfavorable circumstances. And we all have trouble. But the good news is God always brings us through. God always brings us through. And so that's what's being taught here in this passage. That that's our consolation. The consolation is that God always brings us through. He always brings us through. And also he teaches us here that God redeems our trouble. God redeems our trouble. He brings something positive out of every negative circumstance in our life. And so God never wastes any experience from your past. There's no such thing as a pointless pain. There's no such thing as pointless pain. So God doesn't waste your pain he doesn't waste any suffering that you endure. He doesn't waste any experiences from your past. All of these things are redeemed by God and they're used for his glory. And he lets us know specifically here in this particular passage that trouble has a purpose. For a child of God, trouble has a purpose. For a child of God, trouble has a purpose. And so God is able to redeem every situation. And so you've heard the saying that he's able to turn our mess into a message. Or he's able to turn our test into a testimony. Or he's able to turn our trial into triumph. And so God is able to turn our misery into ministry. And so this is the transcendent glory of God that is available to us in all of our troubles in life. That trouble has a purpose and God never ends on a negative. And so if your life is on a negative, God is not done. God never ends on a negative. And so God uses your pain, he uses your struggles, he uses your trouble and he's always building, he's always developing something and not only in you but something to be designed to be used through you to be a benefit and a blessing to others. And so that's the general message of the verses that we read that, you know, trouble is not all bad. There's some good in it. There's some good in it. And God redeems us in our trouble. Here's some truths I learned. And this is really number one. He says to us that in verse nine, in second Corinthians one, verse nine, notice he says, we have to send us of death in ourselves, that we should not trust in ourselves, but in God. So that's the key. He says, we felt like we weren't going to make it. This was a death sentence. You know, he said they despaired even of life. They didn't think they were going to make it. It got that hard. It got that bad. Anybody ever felt like that? You didn't know if you were going to be able to make it or not. You know, you were just ready to throw in the towel. You ever been tempted to just pull in your garage and leave the motor running and let the door down? <laughs> That's despairing of life. That's despairing of life. 
you know, you don't feel like you could go on and take another blow. And so they had reached that point. But he said, even though we had a death sentence, one translation says we have the answer to death in ourselves. The answer to death. And so he gives this key that when you don't feel like you can make it, when you just can't go any further, when you just feel like giving up, the answer is trust God. The answer is trust God. So notice what he says in verse 9, but we had the sentence or the answer of death in ourselves that we should not trust in ourselves, but in God, which raiseth the dead. And so the first key he gives us is the answer to a death sentence, an answer to when you don't feel like you can go on or take another thing, is we have to first put our trust in God. You have to put your trust in God. You have to put your faith, you have to put your trust, you have to put your confidence in God. You have to know that God's got you. Turn to your neighbor and say, God's got you. God's got you. God's got you. God's got you. And that's what they had to realize. You know, even when they felt like we're not going to make it, you have to stop sometimes and say, you know what? God's got me. 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 And you have to say that to yourself. God's got me. God's got me. God's got me. Here are three things that you can rest assured of that we learn in this passage. Here are three things that you can rest assured of. Talking about trouble with a purpose and when you're in trouble, when you're facing trouble. Number one, God is with us. Number one, God is with us. Flip over to Psalms 91. You'll see it. You'll see it clearly there. Psalms 91. Psalms 91. You'll see it clearly that God is with us in trouble. Psalms 91. Look at verse 15. Psalms 91 verse 15. Notice what it says. He shall call upon me and I will answer him. I will be with him in trouble. I'll be with him in trouble. I will be with him in trouble. So notice that. And so Paul was talking about trouble there in 2 Corinthians chapter 1. So the first truth principle that we have that God is with us. He's with us in trouble. Now hold your finger there in Psalms 91. Don't turn that loose. Turn your neighbor and say, don't turn that loose yet. Don't turn that loose yet. Just keep your finger there. Keep your finger in Psalms 91. We're going to come back to that same verse. But here's the second key or the second truth that we learn from 2 Corinthians 1 in that passage we read in our opening text. Is that in trouble, not only is God with us, God graces us. God graces us. And when I say God graces us, that means God strengthens us. God, he empowers us. He sustains us. He encourages us. God graces us. And so let me show you that one in scripture. Flip over to 2 Corinthians. 2 Corinthians, back where we had our text. 2 Corinthians. I want to show you this truth. 2 Corinthians chapter 12. 2 Corinthians chapter 12. And verse 9, notice what it says. I want you to see this. God not only is with us, but God graces us in trouble. He's with us in trouble. He graces us in trouble. Look at verse 9. And he said unto me, Paul was having trouble. He was having trouble. Everybody say trouble. 
he was having trouble, and so he had been seeking God about the trouble. But here's God's answer to him in verse 9, 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 9. And he said unto me, My grace is sufficient for thee. My strength is made perfect in weakness. So God strengthens us. God graces us when we're facing trouble. When we're in trouble, God, he graces us. He's not only with us, he graces us in trouble. He strengthens us. He empowers us. This is a might that is beyond yourselves. This is God's strength himself that he lends to us when we're in trouble. And so he graces us. He graces us. He graces us. He is with us. He graces us in trouble. He is with us in trouble. And then number three, he delivers us. He delivers us when we're in trouble. Now flip back. I told you to hold your finger in Psalms 91. Turn to your neighbor and say, is your finger still there? Psalms 91 verse 15. Notice this. Um, Number three, he delivers us when we're in trouble. So notice verse 15, same verse we read before. He shall call upon me and I will answer him. I will be with him in trouble. That's the one we covered before. But notice this. I will deliver him. I will deliver him. So God is not only with us in trouble. He not only graces us in trouble. He delivers us. He delivers us in trouble. Say that with me. He is with me in trouble. He graces me in trouble. He delivers me in trouble. Now, praise God. Flip over to Psalms 34. Man, I learned this verse, I don't know, I was probably, man, I learned this verse probably about 40 years ago. (laughs) I know I'm telling on my age, but I've learned this verse about 40 years ago. I'm 49, so I was probably nine years old (laughs) when I I learned this verse. But I learned this verse from Bishop Dale. Bishop Dale, he was teaching us in Bible study in the home. And I learned this verse from him. And even today, I still hear him refer to this verse. But I first learned it in the home where he was teaching our home Bible study. But even today, he'll still make references to this verse. But this is a verse that shows that he delivers us in trouble. Look at Psalms 34, verse 19. Psalms 34, verse 19. Notice what it says. Many are the afflictions of the righteous. Now see, just because you're righteous doesn't mean you won't have some afflictions. You know, no one is immune. Everybody faces the trials of life and the tests of life and the troubles of life. We all face we all are in the same human experience. And these things are common to man. They're common to existence on earth. They're common to the human experience. They're part of life. They're part of life. And notice what it says. It didn't even say that you have a few. It says many are the afflictions of the righteous. Many are the afflictions of the righteous. Many are the afflictions of the righteous. But here's the good news. Everybody say but. But. The Lord delivereth him out of them all. Notice it didn't say that he delivers him out of a few of them. Didn't say that he delivers him out of some of them. He said he delivers them out of all of them. That's a hundred percent. You are one hundred percent delivered out of all afflictions. 
That's God's word. So God is with us in trouble. He graces us in trouble. And he delivers us. This is his word. This is his word. That he'll be with you. He graces you. And he delivers you. He's with you. He graces you. He delivers you. Say it with me again. He is with me. He graces me. He delivers me. Now this is the life of a believer. This is the life of a child of God. This is the tenets of your faith. This is the tenets of your life when you have to face the trials of life. He's with me. He graces me. He delivers me. This is God's word that we stand on. This is what we have that we build our lives on that. But those are three things that we learn about trouble. Those are three things that we learn about trouble. Now, if you flip back to my text in 2 Corinthians, go back to 2 Corinthians chapter 1 in our original text, 2 Corinthians chapter 1. If you notice, not only does God deliver us, we said that he's with us in trouble, he graces us in trouble, and he delivers us in trouble. Not only does he deliver us, but here in my text in 2 Corinthians chapter 1, in verse 10, he actually gives three tenses of God's delivering power dealing with you in trouble. He gives three tenses of God's delivering power concerning you in trouble. Notice what he says in verse 10. Who delivered us from so great a death. Notice, who delivered us, delivered is past tense. So in other words, he has, he has delivered us. He has delivered us. How many of you can think back in your life that you really shouldn't even be here today? He has delivered you. He has delivered you. There were times when you didn't know how you were going to make it. There were times you didn't know how you would even be alive, how you would survive that illness or survive losing your job or how you kept your sanity. There are times you don't know how you were going to make it. You didn't even believe that you would make it. He delivered you and you're here today. He has delivered you. God has already shown his faithfulness to you. He has delivered you. He has delivered you. He has delivered you. So notice he gives us a past tense of God's delivering power. But then he goes on and he says, and doth deliver. He doth deliver us, present tense, mean he is, he has. Now he's saying he is. So he has done it in the past. He is delivering you now. He's still delivering you right now. Right now he is delivering you. He is delivering you right now. Now, isn't that good news? He's delivering you right now. The delivering power of God is active and operative in your life today. God's delivering you right now. He's delivering you right now. It's the delivering power of God that keeps you day by day. You could have been killed in a car accident. You could have been killed in a terrorist attack. You could have been killed. He delivers you today. So he doth deliver. That is, he has. Everybody say, he has. He is. And then he gives the future tense. He says, and in whom we trust that he will yet deliver us. He will. He has. He is. And he will. He has. Everybody say that with me. He has. He is. And he will. 
He has, He is, and He will. Man, I'm getting happy thinking about that. I'm getting happy thinking about that. He has delivered me. He has delivered me. He is delivering me. And He will. And this is talking about the faithfulness of God. The one who was and is and is to come. He's the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. That's the faithfulness of God. That's the faithfulness of God. That's the faithfulness of God. God's steady like a rock. I am the Lord and I change not. He shows forth his faithfulness. He shows his faithfulness to us. He's the one who was. He's the one who is. He's the one who is to come. Past, present, and future. Man, that gives you a confidence to walk in. God's delivered me. God's delivered me. He is delivering me. He shall deliver me. You know, that's what gave David such confidence when he faced Goliath. You know, when he got ready to fight Goliath, you know what he said? He said, he has delivered me. Because I killed a lion and a bear He delivered me then. And you know what? He'll deliver me today. (laughs) That's the faithfulness of God. He understood the faithfulness of God. This is what God told Joshua. The same God that was with Moses shall be with you. Same God. It's the faithfulness of God. He has, he is, and he will. Anybody ask you any questions about your trouble, just say to them, he has, he is, and he will. He has, he is, and he will. When the doctor pulls the x-rays down and said, we don't think you're going to make it. Cancer is too far gone in your body. This is your reply to your doctor. He has, he is, and he will. And he will. And he will. He has, he is, Andy Weir, John Osteen, Joel Osteen's father, John Osteen, he took his wife to the doctor one day, found out she had liver cancer, and it was stage four, and the doctor said she has three months to live. John looked at the doctor and he said, we believe God for a miracle. And the doctor said, good luck with that. She has three months to live. And he said he gathered his wife up. She was less than 90 pounds. He took her, put her in the car, and drove her home. And this was, this was his faith. He said he has delivered us. He is delivered us, and he will. And Dodie, his wife, she simply latched on to God's word. And she put it everywhere in the house. She put it on the refrigerator, on the mirror, on the cabinets. She put it all around the house. And I want you to know, Dodie is still alive today, and that was probably some 40 years ago. Glory to God. He has delivered. He is delivering. He will deliver. He will deliver. He has. He is. He will. He has. He will. He is and he will. He has. He is and he will. Those are the three tenses. The Holy Spirit pointed that out to me. He said, these are the three tenses of my delivering power. He has. He is. And he will. He has, he is, and he will. Praise God, praise God, praise God, praise God. I'm going to 
bring it to a close. I'm going to stop right here. I'm not done, but I'm going to stop right here. We're going to continue. This is just part one, trouble with the purpose. There are some things in this passage that really talks about the design of God in your trouble, the design of God, and how it's used in ministry. Do you know there are so many great ministries that wouldn't be around today or great organizations that wouldn't be around today if it wasn't for trouble? It was the trouble that prompted the organizations or the ministry. Joyce Meyer wouldn't be who she is today if she hadn't gone through the abuse that she suffered at the hands of her father. She wouldn't have helped the millions of women around the world, men and women, and freed them and brought liberty to them. If it hadn't been for the trouble she went through in her own life. And that's what he talks about in our text, trouble with a purpose. And you'd be surprised that places where God's going to take you and things that God's going to do through your life, that your trouble is simply a launching pad. He's allowed you to go through certain things, not necessarily that he calls those things, but he uses those things. He uses those things. And, and so God just has great things in store, and he uses trouble with a purpose. He takes what the devil meant for evil. He turns it around for good. He redeems every situation. Praise God. Well, we'll pick up. We'll pick up next time with part two. Those of you watching us by television, I want you to go to brothersoftheword.com, and you can listen to this message series in its entirety. Trouble with a purpose, absolutely free of charge. You can also email it to a friend. Thank you so much for joining us today at Brothers of the Word, because brother, you need the word. You are listening to BrothersOfTheWord.com. This was part one of the series titled Trouble with a Purpose by C. Elijah Bronner. This message is number 7763. That's 7763. To listen to over a thousand free messages or to send this message number 7763 to a friend, go to BrothersOfTheWord.com. If this message has been a blessing to you and you would like to help support this ministry, go to IWantToGive.com. That's IWantToGive.com. Listen to brothers of the word.com often because brother you need the word. Oh, brother, you need the word.